I'm Spencer Pulliam, National Scouting and Recruiting Director for ThePrepInsiders.com, and on today's episode of the TPI Podcast, I'm joined once again by our Director of Basketball Operations, Jeff Bindle, as we discuss the release of our player rankings for the class of 2019. Additional information can be found by visiting our website, www.ThePrepInsiders.com, and using our hashtag, Insiders100, on social media. As always, thanks for listening. Another TPI podcast. We're back on the air. I've got Jeff Bendel, Prep Insiders National Basketball Director of Operations. Jeff, 2019 class. I feel like we've been talking about this group for a long time, and uh, we're going to give it a shot on the podcast today. Yeah, it sounds like we're finally ready to talk about these guys in depth. Maybe. I feel like we've been spending a lot of time. We got our database updated now on the Prep Insiders. We've got fresh evaluations on these guys, videos, everything else, heights and weights. It's the most frustrating thing in the industry to me. You know, we laugh about that, but they're just, the heights and weights are terrible, man. I mean, come on. I guess maybe just because I'm a little bit bigger guy, the the heights and weights come easier (laughs) to me. You skinny guys don't know how to account for some of these kids. Don't start ragging on the skinny guys, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about this 2019 class. So Insiders 100's been updated. We start with James Wiseman. Nice debate. Obviously, it's kind of a consensus debate right now between Wiseman and Carey. I mean, you're a Carey guy, so I'll let you talk a little bit about Carey first, and then we will talk about Wiseman. Yeah, I definitely think Carey's my top guy, just because uh, what he brings offensively, the versatility, his ability to do simply anything on that end of the floor, kind of puts him in a different class. And I mean, he's got that stocky, strong body frame. He's able to compete with anybody in the country on the glass. And I mean, he's really capable of doing everything at the high school level. It'll be really interesting to see where he ends up at college and, and how he'll integrate with it a new system. He seems to be the most ready on both ends right now. I think the pendulum's still kind of swinging back and forth between potential and production. And I don't think it's any argument that Wiseman, in terms of the ceiling, has the higher ceiling. As much as Carey progressed as an underclassman, he was progressing so fast, he almost had to kind of stall a little bit. So I don't think he's, you know, progressed in the last 12 months, maybe as he quickly as he did, you know, his freshman and sophomore year. But again, I think it would have been impossible for him to keep improving at that rate. Where, you know, on the other hand, Wiseman was kind of a slow starter. You could see all the physical tools and he blossomed kind of as an eighth grader going into high school. But now junior year coming up in his final summer on the circuit, he's really starting to put the pieces together. He's turning those flashes more into consistency. And it's really exciting to see his upside come together. And again, you know, there's been rumors swirling around him. We may ultimately see him class up and end up a 2018 recruit by the end of this school season or school year. So it'll be very interesting to follow that as well. Anyway, take us through the Insiders 100. I know there's plenty of, to talk about in this 2019 class. What jumps off the page for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, at first, we have Ashton Hagen committing to Georgia as the first commit in our top 20. 
that's a great get for them. They're just going to have a guy that brings it every single night defensively. And, I mean, over this last school year, I mean, he's shown that he's capable of doing pretty much anything on offense, too. That jump shot's starting to come around. He's just a different type of guy. He's a dog. Yeah, that's the first word I think you think of when you think Ashton Hagens is dogs. So like you said, he's top 10 guy. Checks in at number eight on our updated list. Second-rated point guard behind Cole Anthony. Loved what he did with Game Elite on the Adidas circuit. Obviously, big-time spring and summer for him. Played well in individual settings. You know, saw him at NBA Top 100 camp. He was great there. You could see kind of the alpha come out in him, especially at the defensive end. As you said, you know, he's an athlete. He's got a great feel, great vision. And really offensively, he's as good as he wants to be when he's focused. It's For him, it's just about consistency. Is he willing and able to knock down the open shot and take more shots, be more of a playmaker for himself as well as teammates? Tried out Oak Hill for a couple months, came back home to Newton High School. And he's another guy, you know, we talked about Wiseman. Hagens very easily could end up in this 2018 class as well. So looks like the depth that may already be lacking a little bit outside of that first 30 to 40 guys in 2019 could drop off even a little bit more by the end of the summer. You know, there's always guys looking to get a early start, get to college early, get on campus and just continue to progress their game. So some opportunity here for several of these 2019 guys to class up before the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. There's there's several guys, I mean, like you said, within the top 30, top 20, that could easily go up right now. And people wouldn't be shocked. They could be the high major players across the board. But moving on, so just a little bit of a debate here. What do you think between Cole Anthony versus Jalen LeCue, not just now, but also foreseeing into the future? Mm, great topic. You know, two New York guys, it's fun to see New York point guards kind of come back up to the top of the depth chart. Obviously, Cole Anthony's been there since day one. He's the son of Greg Anthony. You know, he's got the bloodlines there. He's got the swagger, the confidence. He knows he's a ball player. He's built like a ball player, carries himself like a ball player. So, you know, very exciting. I think the main knock on Cole has been his jump shot is his ability to hit jumpers off the bounce at a consistent rate and at different levels on the court, right? So just being able to kind of better utilize ball screens defensively. You know, he didn't have a ton of physical tools. It's not like he's extremely long. You know, obviously he's very explosive. Yeah, I'd be tempted to say he's probably a little bit more explosive vertically than he is laterally. Not that he's necessarily lacking laterally, but just doesn't have that elite link to make him a standout defender. Then you talk about LeCue, again, kind of a late bloomer guy that reclassed and his stock just shot up. Now he's at Christ School in North Carolina and just had an unbelievable spring and summer. He too has that explosiveness playing way above the rim, but he has a little bit more natural length than Cole does even. So he's a little bit bigger. Obviously the frame carries a little bit more upside for him. So, you know, long-term, yeah, I think point guards have a certain amount of feel. I think Cole's always been a playmaker, but Jalen's, his rise in the last 12 months has been special. I'm certainly not going to be the one to put a cap on his development and say when it'll stop. He's one that's shot up the chart. And as far as I know, I think we're the first service to put him in the top 10, but I think that's deserving to have both of those guys in our Insiders 100 top 10 right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let it be known that whoever you take in this argument, you're getting a winner. You're getting a guy that's going to be able to add tremendously to your team on both ends of the floor. I would probably lean Cole as well, just because I feel the same way. His deal is incredible. He really just has an innate sense on the court, offensively and defensively. He makes up for his shortcomings as far as like he's not 6'5 as a point guard. He's just normal. He's more normal size, like a guy you would see every day. And Jim McHugh's kind of got like a basketball player's body, 6'4, you know, maybe 6'3, just long, skinny. But like I said, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. Both 
incredible athletes. Look, he was just a physical specimen, like unlike any other, he's, he's a ridiculous leaper. But that wraps up a little bit for the point guards. Moving on, we have four guys at the wing forward position that really are interchangeable. And they're all from the Carolinas, wouldn't you know it? Also different, too. You know, I mean, obviously we're talking about Wendell Moore, Joey Baker, Christian Brown and Josiah James. I think that, you know, out of those four guys, they all bring different strengths. You know, obviously you can speak to that some. Only one of those guys is committed in Baker. And actually talking about that, we've got five guys right now in the top 50 committed. Hagens to Georgia that we mentioned, Baker headed to Duke. We've got Davion Harmon that we can touch on a little bit later going to Oklahoma. Another Texas point guard similar to Harmon, Grant Sherfield committed to UCLA. And then Jeremiah Francis out of the Midwest. Ohio Pipeline right now is working in Chapel Hill. So those are our five guys committed out of the top 50 in the Insiders 100 rankings. But anyway, let's get back on track. Tell us a little bit more, Baker, Brown, and James, kind of what's your take on those guys? Well, I mean, we're really splitting hairs with these guys. And they're all, like I said, interchangeable. Just depends on what you want, what you need as a team, and what you have surrounding these guys. So Christian, he's definitely the best athlete of the bunch. I think he has the highest motor and upside long term. He's a jump shot away from being unquestioned the, the top of this list and I love his game I think he's he's going to be extremely fun to watch in college wherever he goes just because the activity he plays with like I said his overall motor but then you have Wendell he's kind of a jack of all trades he's on the CP3 16s that just won Peach Jam I believe last year mm-hmm. he's like the leader for that team he just he really has no holes within his game and he's going to be a perfect get for whoever gets him and then you look at Josiah James, and he's the long-armed floor general. He handles the ball most of the time in every setting that I've ever seen him in. He's got incredible vision. He's he's one of those guys that his length can just overwhelm guys on both ends of the floor. He's a triple-double triple, triple double possibility every every night. And then you look at Baker, and he's a guy that tough shot taker and tough shot maker, right? I mean, he can do stuff that other guys in the country simply can't, and it look, makes it look simple. Yeah, all these guys within, what, two, three hours driving distance of each other, and you're talking about Mm -hmm. Brown at 17, our number two rated wing, Moore at 19, our number three rated wing, Baker right there at 25, our number four rated wing, and then James at 28, our six rated wing. So you take those four guys, I think guys at the next level that have success, they've got a calling card, right? So I think with Wendell, it's probably you just you tag him as a winner because he's won at every level state champion. As you mentioned, Peach Jam winner has really stood out as a winner. You've got Christian Brown. Like you said, the athleticism and motor stand out. Josiah James, his skill set, kind of a unique point forward mold stands out. And then with Joey, it's just going to be enhancing his versatility, you know, as kind of a tweener forward, a guy that can hit a trail three, that can guard multiple positions, can drop down in the post if you need him to and just have some toughness. So those are all four of those guys building kind of their calling cards. Very, very interested to see, you know, where their game takes them and how they improve and maybe something new we can learn from them in their last summer on the circuit coming up. Yeah, for sure. Who do you think in this class, not just wing forwards, all positions, has the highest long-term upside? And part two of that question, who is the most ready to alter a college program today? Yeah, I mean, not to put me on the spot or anything, right? Two really tough <laughs> questions there. You know, I don't, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. I don't know, you know, if you said, hey, pick your surefire star in this class. I mean, obviously, you know, 19 doesn't have a Bagley or a Porter or an Aton or a Bamba. Like, I think that if 
you know, you were to bump all those guys up into the 2017 class, I don't think that you know, any of these guys would have it. And then you think about 2018, you know, obviously RJ Barrett jumped up there. We talked about Cameron Reddish and Zion Williamson and Shimmy Shitu. How would the 2019 guys compare to kind of their older counterparts? I don't know that there's a star. You know, I mean, if you put me on the spot and say, okay, let's say a backcourt guy and a frontcourt guy that's that's most ready to have an impact on the college level. Well, I think we already answered that in the frontcourt. I mean, there's no doubt that Vernon Carey's production is going to translate to the collegiate level. Pro ball is such a different game athletically. He's really going to have to continue to develop that jump shot and, you know, kind of his ability to stretch and operate in space. So, again, you know, at the college level, I think the production will be there for Kerry, a la like what we've seen from Wendell Carter this year at Duke. You go into the guard position, you know, that's tough. You know, I, I think if there's a guy that is getting it done on both ends, a guy that can score but also play defense, you know, I might even have to slide down the list a little bit and just pick out a, another guard like a Brian Antoine. And, and the reason being that, you know, Antoine can score the ball, but he has athleticism. And don't take this as a player comparison, but just the game in general, right? So Junior Smith got a lot of this attention in North Carolina, and people said he was an athlete. Well, no, Junior Smith was a basketball player who happens to be a phenomenal athlete. And again, not saying that Brian Antoine's Junior Smith whatsoever, not at all. But what I'm getting at is that Brian Antoine is a great athlete, but he's a basketball player first. And so his ability to score the ball and come down and play defense, he's cerebral, he thinks the game, he knows the game. I mean, to me, that could be the backcourt guy in this class that has the most immediate success just because he's got the physical tools, he can play both ends of the floor, and then again, combination of athleticism and scoring ability. So there you go. That's a hot take. Can the 2019 class, I suppose. The first hot take of this, of this podcast this, uh, had to happen sooner than later. <laughs> had to happen. Had to happen. So moving on from that point, who do you think are the biggest sleepers or high risers through this class like over the last, I don't know, four to six months? And the guys we should be kind of looking out for. Yeah, well, you joke with me sometimes in about the 18 and 19 class, but I'm telling you, I felt like pulled my LeVar ball out and spoke Anthony Simons into existence. And finally, people <laughs> people started respecting him and did the same thing with Alonzo Gaffney in the 2019 class this summer. Just kind of put it out there that like, what are we doing? What are the people that are watching him? Why is he not on your list? Looking at the list right now and kind of maybe where some of our competitors have guys versus how we've evaluated them, there's some similarities, but there's some huge differences as well. We could take it by position. I think that in the backcourt, in terms of guys that are very underrated, you know, Isaac Okoro, it's hard to call him underrated because he played USA basketball. He's got an invitation out there. Obviously, McKeatron has played a national schedule, so he's gotten a lot of attention. But for some reason, I just feel like he's still a little bit underappreciated in that 2019 group. I get down the list maybe a little bit more later, but you know, in terms of front court guys, I've been pleasantly surprised with the attention that Trace Jackson Davis has gotten. You know, I saw him playing in the NYBL on kind of like an off court as a 15 year old as his freshman year. Nobody had given him any attention. You know, I asked him, you know, what Division One interest do you have? I don't have any. So it's been kind of fun to see his rise up the charts as well. So, you know, those are two guys that I think maybe that are on the radar, so to speak, right now that could still have their stock bumped up. But but come back to me before we end the podcast. I'll, I'll take a little bit closer look and maybe give you two guys front court and back court that can slide up before the end of the spring. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, those are two good names. We'll definitely come back to it. But now we're going to talk about the best region for 2019. And 
While there's a lot of good options for this question, it has to be Northeast, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, obviously, right? What names are not on that list? I mean, it seems like every position almost has uh, one or two guys from the Northeast, and there's certainly some guys that jump off the page. We mentioned a couple of them, but I mean, where, who jumps out to you? Definitely, yeah. If we just look at the, uh, we got Cole Anthony and Jalen McHugh leading the point guards. Right. Those, are, those are two big names. Everybody knows about them. Brian Anton, Scotty Lewis, both out of New Jersey. Yeah. Those guys are top of their position. Precious Achua. I mean, we got guys that are ranked throughout our top 10 in the uh, Northeast region. I mean, McHugh, 10th, Scotty Lewis, 9th, uh, Precious, 7th. Brian six, Cole fourth. That's five right there. And the farther down you go, the more you see. So I definitely feel like the the Northeast region is is bringing it this year. I would agree. I mean, the big guys too. I mean, Isaiah Stewart. You know, obviously he's a Rochester native, even though he's at La Lumiere. I mean, you know, he breaks into our top fifty. You got a guy, Aiden. How about the Irish guy, right, playing in New oh, York? Yeah. I, mean, I think New York would claim him for sure. So you know, he's oh, another one. Yeah, he's another one that comes to mind. So front court depth there too. So yeah, the Northeast is rolling right now. And typically, you know, I think the Northeast claims a lot of that New England talent, even though, you know, New England would probably say they're a region of their own. And I would tend to agree, but this is kind of like non-NUPSAC. I mean, for these guys, for the most part, with the exception of maybe Aiden and Scotty Lewis, but, you know, Scotty originally from Georgia, but he's been in, you know, Jersey for at least four or five years now. So yeah, I think most of these guys are homegrown. So that's even more impressive. Like I said, it's, it's fun to see you know, the New York guys kind of rise back up the list of the point guard spot because for so long, so many of those New York guys were sliding down and going to school in Jersey or Philly, et cetera. So yeah, it's, this is a, a unique class in, in that respect. And then I tell you, West Coast, I'm just, ugh, I don't know what to think about in this class. I mean, we joked on the 2018 podcast how, you know, so many guys, you know, we mentioned like the Paul Georges and Russell Westbrooks and Damian Lillards. And there's a whole list of, you know, West Coast guys that are now NBA all-stars that weren't really highly regarded. And who knows who that'll be? I mean, I'm sure 2019 will have one. There seems to be one guy from the West Coast that explodes in every class, but I'm dead in the water here. I've got no idea who that's going to be. I mean, obviously, like Cassius Stanley has been on the radar forever. You've got a Josh Green who you know, lived in Arizona briefly, but he's from Australia. Now he's at IMG in Florida. So I don't know if you can really count him. So I don't know who the guy is in this class, even this summer, who could potentially blow up. There's a lot of people high on you know Anton Watson, but he's already off the board of Gonzaga. So it's, it's hard to call him a sleeper. You know, Gianni Hunt is a guy who a lot of people think has got rising up the point guard list and you know i would tend to agree with that i want to see his jumper get a little bit better mechanically but obviously a lot of physical tools you know i think if the northeast is the best i want to see more from the west coast and obviously you know these guys still have a full circuit and a full year of high school ahead of them so i think the story is, is still being written but i would look for that as being a headline in this class you know what guys will we see emerge from the west coast uh, again Carl Lewis jumps into mind. I'm thinking of more guys as we're going through it, but all these guys are guys that are kind of on the radar and already established. I don't really see them taking huge leaps from where we have them right now. Yeah, that'll certainly be a, an interesting subplot to keep an eye on over the summer, see who our risers and fallers really are. But let's talk centers. Let's contrast uh, this class, the 2018 class. I feel like this one is certainly stronger in uh, terms of depth. 
Yeah, I'll give you credit here. I mean, let's talk fours and fives, right? I mean, you were kind of pointing out to me earlier in the week when we were putting all this stuff together and some notes and talking about how strong the fours were in this group. And I just kind of blew you off, but you're right. I mean, the the more we got into this, I was like, you know, the, the strength of this class does seem to be the front court. And it's, you know, again, not so much star power necessarily, but just the overall depth. We see a lot of guys that are not in the Insiders 100 that are continuing to kind of rise up and make marks and guys that are not even at the 25 spot, meaning, you know, they're not going to appear on the positional rankings that are good players. I mean, I, I think about like Maxwell Lorca Lloyd, who's, you know, again, New York native, who's in the NEPSAC, a Zach Krizzler. Again, we're talking about how strong the Northeast is. Both of those guys, Northeast guys, guy in Missouri and Kansas City who's, who still hasn't touched his upside, Roman Wilson. So there's a lot of like long athletic guys in that class, some more athletes, some more skilled, but the four spot is looks very, very good. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the depth and it's going to be interesting to see where these guys kind of choose. There seems to be enough depth at this position where we're going to see some maybe non-high majors, some lows and mids, get some real sleepers because of the depth in this four spots. Anyway, you take the centers. I've, I've run my mouth enough about these stretch four. Well, I mean, it, it kind of speaks for itself. We have Wiseman as our top player in the class. And, and like we said, he's kind of the, the head of the honcho there. But then we have five guys in the next 10 positions, for, or excuse me, from 14 to 24. So we have six centers in our top 24. And then, I mean, we only had six centers in our top 100 for 2018. Yeah. And I think that kind of speaks uh, volumes about about how much deeper this one is. I mean, you look at 12 and you got a guy like Omar Payne, who's going to be a really good big at the next level. And he would, he would be much higher if he were in 2018 as opposed to this, this class. Yeah, especially positionally. I mean, like you mentioned, only six true centers make the Insiders 100 for the 18 class. Top 50 has 11 of them. Top 25 has six. So you're right. I mean, it, it is, there's just better bigs and it's deeper. You know, I, I think the the body types of the fives in this class fit in a little bit better too. You know, there seem to be just a, for whatever reason, a, a higher concentration of kind of like long, lean guys at that position that are finding a way to make an impact. And then even some of the bigger guys are finding a way to be impactful. You know, I don't I don't think anybody's ever called Marmando Baycott, a, you know, skinny. But at the same time, <laughs> I think everybody would agree he's talented, you know, and even a guy like Will Baker. I mean, as skilled as he is and his size doesn't necessarily jump off the page in terms of athleticism. But my goodness, is he productive and certainly has a lot that will translate to the collegiate level and so, yeah, I think this front court group will be exciting to watch. And I think it's going to be kind of the spring of the bigs on the circuit. I mean, I expect these guys to really be the focal points of their team. And it'll be fun to watch. There'll be a lot of talent walking around I'm on the circuit at, at all levels. You know, we and I, we've got our TPI desktop, some some Facebook Live coming up where we'll get into those schedules next week. And we've got the Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour schedule, as well as some independent tournaments. So there's a lot to talk about. I'm getting excited. You know, I'm not trying to end the high school season. Obviously, it's just getting started and the playoffs will be here in the next few weeks. But I'm definitely already getting excited about the circuit. Most definitely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm ready to get underway with the circuit play as well. I mean, we have we're going to have a full schedule starting from March all the way through August. And yeah, I'm one nothing more. I can't wait to be in the gym. More points, too, that I'll, I'll t- touch on before we leave you. You know, I think in this 2019 class, there's been some interesting debates along the way, particularly kind of about the point guards. You know, we brought up a great kind of Carolina conversation with the wings. The point guards in Texas have been a group that people have long tried to figure it out because you had Tyrese Maxey and Davion Harmon playing together. Maxey's kind of always had the nod. 
Harmon has been a climber late. Got Grant Sherfield, two other guys. I mean, Avery Anderson, Severe Wheeler, who's already committed as well. Those five guys were kind of all in the conversation and mixed in. And really, nobody had challenged Maxie for that top spot. And here comes a big guy, right? I mean, out of the middle of nowhere, you know, once Charles Bassey leaves Texas, Will Baker kind of pops up and his growth and improvement. And, you know, now he's challenging to be the top guy in Texas, which, I mean, the the talent that Texas has turned out. Uh, it's just been unreal exactly. in recent years. So anyway, I think that's something interesting to watch. And then, you know, again, if we're talking about this wing group, not a lot of depth there, but I talked about earlier in the podcast, maybe we would come back to a couple guys that could rise up the chart. And I know that, you know, based on how he ended the summer last year, and Tavion Collins, a guy that you like a lot, Jeff, and certainly he's going to have a stage to do that this year. So, you know, I mean, it, would he be your pick for one of these wing guys that maybe continues to climb or is somebody else in mind? Yeah, I mean, really not sure what he's doing for AAU this summer, whether he's going to stay with CP3 or go another direction, but he's been destroying this school season for uh, Tennessee prep. I mean, they put up his stats all the time. He's averaging like a triple-double with 30 points. I mean, he's playing on another level. And the more touches he's getting in these games in the high school setting, it's just going to make him more prepared for what's to come in the AAU circuits. And if he's feeling comfortable with the ball in his hands, that could just add another wrinkle to Team CP3's kind of dimensions that they have. And, I mean, coming off of a Peach Jam victory, that's that's kind of what you want to see, internal growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think at the wing spot in that 2019 group, I mean, like that... 11 through 19 positionally, and it's wide open. I mean, anybody could slide mm-hmm. up the chart. Again, we talked about the four spot being so deep because of the amount of talent concentrated at that position that there's surely going to be some jostling that takes place at the four spot as well. And then, you know, the twos, right? The scores, the guys that are going to have the most opportunities to put the ball in the bucket. You know, several guys could be rising up in that group as well. I mean, I I love the fact Justin Moore seems like he's finally healthy. You know, we talked about, you know, a guy like Josh Nickelberry returning home and, you know, he's going to be hungry since necessarily he didn't see the national spotlight like he anticipated to. Here in the Carolinas, there's several other guys that we didn't talk about, like a Patrick Williams, South Carolina, again, with all that talent. I mean, Jawan Gary will be back on the circuit again this year. I love what Florida's doing right now. I mean, you and I talked a lot about Florida's two-guard group with Isaiah Palmero as well as Damari Monsantos. There's just a lot of shuffling that's going to take place. This class is a perfect example of why rankings are meant to change. Absolutely. Uh, I think that as great of a class we had last year in 2018, I think that this uh, circuit season is going to be a lot more fun and entertaining because we have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. We're going to go into the spring with a clean slate, watch all these guys and and just see where they're at and kind of reshuffle this class. And we'll have some fun doing it. I know we've got underclassmen coming up. I'm really excited to get back on the podcast with the 2020, 21 and even 2022 group as we get into February and March and the spring comes up. So uh, Jeff, this has been a great look at the 2019 class. Again, a lot of high risers. We hope everybody will check out the full list, uh, theprepinsiders.com. We've got our insiders top 100, our national rankings, as well as our positional rankings, top 25. So everybody enjoy it. Jeff, thanks for your time again. Great insight. And we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good. Thanks for having me.